All right. Good evening. Good evening. It's great to have you here with us. It's great to be here on week two of what is our Multiply series that we're in at the moment. And so in case you weren't here last week or you haven't caught up, I'll just recap for you. Multiply is our theme for our Thanksgiving faith offering coming up this June. And so hopefully you've received this flyer in the mail by now. This is the flyer that's got all the details relating to the giving and the areas that we're going to be financially supporting this year and all the sort of information that goes along with that. So you need to make sure you have this flyer. You need to make sure you have it. You need to make sure you put it somewhere visible where you can see it. Don't let it get lost on the bench or whatever. Stick it up on the fridge. Pin it to your office wall or your divider wherever you can. Hang it in the shower. Just put it somewhere where you can regularly see it. Not even so much that you can read it, but so that it can prompt you to pray. You know, have it somewhere visible so that as you're going about your day, maybe it needs to be on the dashboard of your car if you do a lot of driving or if it's in your office, have it somewhere where it can remind you to pray. That as you're going about your day, you can take a moment and stop and go, Lord, what would you have me do? What is my part to play in all of this? And so if you haven't received this in the mail, if this hasn't come in the post, then the chances are that you're either not in our database or we've got your details wrong. We've got, you're either not in the database or we've got your details wrong. So if that's the case, if you haven't received this in the post yet, can I encourage you, after the service, there's the multiply station in the foyer. Head out there. There's a laptop on the table. You can fill out that form, and that'll get you linked in with our database and get you connected in. And so that really just helps you keep in the loop with everything that's going on. Often we'll send out an email um, letting you know what's coming up in church life, or we'll mail things out like this. So if, if this is home, if you attend here regularly and you feel like you want to be a part of the family, can I encourage you to do that? It just helps us keep you in the loop. Or you can grab a flyer from that station anyway. So multiply is about our giving, but it also speaks to so much more than just money. It speaks of God's kingdom moving forward. It speaks of people finding a relationship with Jesus for the first time. It speaks of families experiencing breakthrough. It speaks of chains being broken over people's lives. And what I love about this idea of multiply and what we're believing this year is that this just wouldn't be something that would stay within these four walls. That this wouldn't just be something that's relevant to your life on a Sunday, but this would speak into your Monday as well. We are believing that it speaks into the life of our church. We're believing that this is a season that we're in right now. And as we go and launch Life Church Selwyn in September this year, we're believing for multiplication in many areas of that. We're believing that many people would come to know a relationship with Jesus Christ for the first time because of our obedience. So we know it's relevant to our life as the church, but our prayer is that this would speak into your life also that it would speak into your life as an individual. It would speak into my life as an individual as we make up the church, that this would speak into your 5 a.m. start to get to the build site every morning. This would speak into the all-nighters you've had to do at university. This would speak into the assignments you've got coming up. This would speak into your workplace, into the school you you attend, wherever it may be. We're believing that this would be relevant not just to where we are going as a church, but it would be accessible to your life and wherever God has placed you right now. That it would speak not just into your life here at church, but into your Monday through to your Saturday. And when we talk about multiplication, 
we're not just talking about numbers increasing. That is a part of it, and we are believing for that because we know that's more lives being changed. But we're also talking about multiplied fruitfulness. Multiplied fruitfulness, a sense that God is going to bring more out of our lives, a sense that God is going to bring more out of situations and circumstances, that there is going to be a greater result because of what we sow now, that what we sow now would lead to a great harvest and would reap blessings that would go beyond us right now. So can I ask you, what is it in your life that you would like to see God multiply? Which areas of your life would you like to believe for multiplication? What areas of your life do you want God to do more in right now? And while you're pondering that, I'll give you some examples from my life. So as the youth pastor, I'm believing for multiplication in our youth ministry. I'm always believing that more and more young people would come to know the truth of who Jesus is, that more and more young people would come to know the abundant life that they can live. They can know the hope that he has for them. But we're also believing for multiplication in their lives as well. That as they build relationship with each other, as they spend time with their leaders, as they live and they do life together in a small group, as they talk about God, as they discuss the Bible, as they ask questions, that we would see multiplied fruit in their faith, that their faith would grow, that we would see their courage increase, we'd see their prayer life increase, their maturity increase, their influences as Christians in their schools multiply, their desire to spend time with God increase, their desire for His Word and their love for His church would multiply. We're believing for multiplied fruit in the youth ministry. And then the second area is in my relationship with God, I'm believing for multiplication in that as well. And I don't know about you, but I always want to spend more time with God. And I hope you're the same. I always want to spend more time with God. And this year, that is what I'm believing for. I want to spend more time in His Word, more time in His presence. But I don't just want an increase in quantity. I want an increase, and I'm believing for an increase in quality. That I wouldn't just spend more time with Him, but that those times would become even more valuable. That every time I pick up His Word, every time I pick up my Bible, I would have something speak to me. That I would have something impact my life. Or when I pray, I would pray with faith, believing God to do exceedingly more than I could ask, think, or imagine. That when I spend time in His presence, that I would have an increased sense of His leading and His guiding in my life. Last week, a friend came up to me and shared a verse that they thought God had placed in their heart for me. And it was a passage in uh, in Exodus where Moses and Joshua would enter into the tent where God's presence was. They would enter into the tent where God's presence was, and God would come and he would speak to Moses face to face. He would come and he would speak to Moses, and he would give Moses direction for the nation of Israel. He would give them the law and tell them what their next steps would be. But then it goes on to say that Moses would leave the tent. He would leave the tent and he would go and share that information with the nation. He'd go, right, this is what God is saying we need to do. But then it also says that Joshua would stay in the tent. Joshua would stay in the tent. And it was a challenge to me going, I need to spend more time in the tent. And where I am right now in my life, I need to spend more time in his presence. But as I pondered that thought over this week, I realized that that actually is not just applicable for my life, but that actually is a word for us as a church right now. 
You see, God has given us direction as to where we're going. He's spoken to, to Carl and Ange and the leadership team, says, this is where I am leading you. And so they've come out and shown us that. It's now our job to stay in the tent. It's our job to stay in the tent, to spend time in his presence, to read and to, to pray over this flyer, receive that revelation for ourselves. And so you would have heard prayer meeting mentioned, this Thursday, we're going to have a day of prayer and fasting. Can I encourage you, make that a priority. Set aside time, whatever it is that you can fast for the day, be it food or something else that works for you, and spend that time praying, and then join us at 6.30 to pray, spending time in the tent. Because when we do, and we do receive that revelation, when you receive that revelation, that this will then affect every area of your life. It is now no longer just applicable to my Sunday, but from my Monday through to my Saturday as well. It means that when you then pick up this flyer, you don't just look at it with your head and your humanness going, mm, it's a lot of money. Why, why are they doing this again this year? Why are, we doing, why are they asking for my money again? Now you look at it with revelation, look at it with your heart going, man, I am so excited for the kingdom impact this is going to have. I am so believing for what God is going to do through the life of this church and through my life. And even if I can only play a small part, that is the part I'm going to play because I know that I've received the revelation of the multiplication that's going to come. So can I ask you again, what is it in your life that you would like to see God multiply? Which areas would you like to believe for multiplied fruitfulness, for God to do more in? And I want to give you 15 seconds now just to ponder that, just to think, what is, the one, what is one area that you want God to do that in? All right, turn with me to 2 Kings chapter 4, starting down at verse 42, and it should come up on the screen. A man came from that place, bringing, a, bringing the man of God 20 loaves of barley bread baked from the first ripe grain, along with some heads of new grain. Give it to the people to eat, Elisha said. How can I set this before a hundred men, his servant asked. But Elisha answered, give it to the people to eat, for this is what the Lord says. They will eat and have some left over. Then he said it before them, and they ate and had some left over, according to the word of the Lord. You can see the principle of multiplication here. This man brings Elisha 20 loaves of bread, and it goes on to feed a hundred, and with food left over. Over the last few weeks, you might have heard Carl use the phrase, on the other side of our obedience lies someone else's salvation. On the other side of our obedience lies someone else's salvation. That is a great challenge. That is a great challenge. That's multiplied fruitfulness. When we take what we have, when we take what God has given us, what we've been given by God, and we use it in obedience for his kingdom, we will see fruit produced that lasts beyond us. And just like in this story, we see this man bring what he has available to Elisha. And we see that what he brings is multiplied. But notice he has to be obedient first. He has to be obedient first. The multiplication didn't just happen straight away. He brought the bread to Elisha. 
not to the people. He brought it to Elisha. And it, as you read it, it says it was baked from the, from the first grain and from the finest grain. So he was bringing this as an honored gift to Elisha. He clearly wasn't bringing it to feed 100 people. But the thing is, is Elisha was God's representative on earth as the prophet. He was his mouthpiece. So when you bring that man a gift, you're really bringing your gift to God. That's what you're symbolizing. He was bringing a gift before God. And then Elisha says to him, give it to the people to eat. Don't give it to me. Give it to the people to eat. And he questions, he says, but how can, I, how can this feed 100 people? This is only 20 loaves. I can't, I can't feed 100 mouths with this bread. But rather than letting that stop him, he's obedient. And out of his obedience came multiplication. He brought his gift before God. He brought what he had before God. He placed it in God's hands. And on the other side of his obedience was multiplication. Multiplication that would not only bless himself, because he was able to eat. It also blessed Elisha, who he intended it to bless, and now it has blessed a hundred others also, and with food left over. And there was food left over. Sometimes when we give, it can seem like we're going to lack something. When we give, we're going to have a lack, that we, there's going to be a deficiency. But there was food left over. There was food left over. And if I was organizing that, the guy who brought the loaves, he would be getting the leftovers. God will provide and bless according to what we give. When you bring a gift to God, God, what you have, he will always cause it to be a blessing to the people around you. He will always cause it to be a blessing to those around you. When you are obedient with what he has given you and you make the decision to take it and use it for his kingdom, he will cause it to bless people and you will see multiplied fruit. It won't just bless them. Your life will be blessed also. Notice we're never given the name of this man. We're never given the name of this man. We're just told that he was a man who came from a place. He was a man who came from a place. And I like that because that applies to every single one of us. I am a man who comes from a place. You are a person who comes from somewhere. And I think the fact that we're not given the name for this man, just like we're not given the name of the young boy who brought Jesus the five loaves and the two fish, is because this applies in every person's life. You can put yourself in that situation. He's a nameless man because you can put yourself in that story. This applies in everyone's life, regardless of what you have, regardless of where you're at in life right now. When you take what you have, even if it is a little, God can use it to bring multiplication and blessing. So what is it in your life that you would like to see multiplication in? What are the areas that you would like to see increased fruit? Maybe someone close to you needs to know the love of Jesus. They need to have a relationship with him. Maybe someone else you know needs a miracle. They need breakthrough. Maybe you need that in your life, whatever it is. Maybe you're in a tricky financial situation. And maybe you need breakthrough in that area. Last week, someone sent through a question for the panel that we never got the chance to address. But it's a great question. It says, if I give, will God give me more money? If I give more, if that's what you're saying, if I give more, will I get more money? And 
The truth is, I think the answer is yes. I think the answer is yes. When you look at Scripture, when you look at the promises of God, give and it will be given to you. When you see throughout Scripture all these stories of people giving and it being multiplied, I actually think, yes, that is what happens. But you also need to ask, what is your motive? What is your heart? What is your so that? What is your so that? Because I also know that God doesn't bless selfish ambition. He also doesn't bless selfish ambition. So it's about the heart. God blesses people whose desire is to bless others. So what do you have? What, what, are you wanting, what are you believing for multiplication in? And what do you have in your hand? What has God given you? What is your 20 loaves of bread? Is it finance? Is it time? Gifts and talents, whatever it may be. And how are you going to be obedient with that? What is God asking you to do? If you didn't get the chance to hear it this morning, I'd encourage you when the podcast is up to listen to Carl's message from this morning, reminding us of a challenge that often what God asks us to do is unreasonable. It's unreasonable. But when we're obedient with what we have, we'll see multiplication and blessing, not just in your life, but in the lives of people around you. And we will see his kingdom advance. More people come to know Jesus. More people blessed and find breakthrough. And we will see his name lifted high. Amen. Welcome to Life Talk panel. Uh, Tonight's a little bit different. We're not uh, talking so much on, on Jono's message tonight, although if you do have some questions, you are welcome to text them in. But we wanted to talk a little bit tonight about some of the things that are in the fly that we're giving to and investing in and talk about where do we see multiply in those things. So tonight we're talking a lot about community. And in the multiply flyer, you will see... There, no, I'm good. I get it eventually. There are a number of community initiatives and programs that we run and they're not just about running programs. I think that's the big thing. It's about the heart of seeing community transformation. So we have um, La Vida Youth Trust, which we're going to talk about a bit tonight. We have Christmas Box. We have Red Frogs. We have our community pastor role. There are Filipino language and culture classes we're giving to this year, 24-7 youth work, all things that have a community impact where we are, which I think is really exciting. I love the fact that a whole lot of our giving goes out there. And it brings change to people's lives. So let's talk about some of that change to people's lives. Uh, start talking about a little bit about where you see multiplication in terms of the youth trust. So we've got the after-school program, we've got Breakfast Club, 24-7 youth workers. How do you see this whole thing of multiply outwork and what we're doing? I'm, al- I'm always amazed at how God takes the little that we have and makes it so much bigger. And if I think about the work that has been done out in the community and how, when you think about how little it actually costs for that to happen in terms of, of like the impact is so much bigger than what the cost is because God takes that, that, that you know, that funding or he takes that, um, that sponsorship and he's able to turn it into something that is so much bigger than what we could even imagine when we start something. Um, and I think, you know, I think about this and I think it would be amazing if we didn't actually need a youth trust anymore, yeah. you know? If we actually, you, you know, we're not out there just to be an ambulance at the bottom of the cliff. Right. I, not that I want to do us out of a job, don't, don't, you know, but yeah. 
we're not out there to be the ambulance at the bottom of the cliff. We're out there in the community trying to influence it with God's love and help people to come to a place where they are able to, to be fully engaged in their communities and, and living an abundant life so that actually they don't need, their children don't need to come to Breakfast Club. That, that the youth workers who are dealing with young people in the high schools who are struggling with suicide and with all these things actually don't need that anymore because all of a sudden our young people have been transformed by the love of God. Then, I mean, that, that would be... That would be an amazing end goal. Mm-hmm. And I, I think a, a really good example of the small things that make a much bigger difference is, is Breakfast Club, for example. We're not just giving a child a piece of toast, yeah. but we're filling a child, setting them up for success for an excellent day at school yeah. mm-hmm. where they can learn, where they can grow, yeah. where they can connect with people, where they can um, engage with their teachers, they can get an education. That, that's bigger than just a piece of toast. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, when they come into that place, they're then meeting someone from the local church who's given up their time, that sense of belonging and connectedness, I care about you. Um, one of the ladies in our church goes down one day a week and puts on an incredible spread every morning. But what a sense of, I am invested in you, I care about you, something small as a breakfast that says so much more. Uh, after school program, we're not just providing a place for after school for kids to just come and hang out, but this last week, um, or the last couple of weeks, we've had a, a review agency and coming and looking at what we do, and it gave me a great chance and opportunity to talk to our parents and go, how, how are you finding things? What's going on? And they're like, well, because you take care of our child after school, it allows my wife and me to work full time, which allows us extra income, which means we can do things as a family. Um, it, it, it's so much more than just providing an after school program but we're supporting a family to then be able to be better financially supported which means they can have food in their house which means they can go on family holidays and it just it's so much bigger than just cheering for a child one afternoon a week yeah Yeah. Yeah, and it's and you know it's not just a babysitting service because actually these after school program leaders they are investing so much into the relationships with these young people and even in the short time that I've been involved with the youth trust I've seen the kids are just so connected and they are exposed to the love of God, even though they might not, may not know that that's what it is yet. But they're exposed to the love of God, and you can see things starting to shift yeah. in how they see themselves and in how they see others and in how they see their future. And, and you know, Breakfast Club, it's not just about filling their tummies, as Jeremiah said, but it's actually about teaching them, well, actually, this is how you, you make toast. So that actually, if you're at home and you've got the stuff there, you can actually do it. If mum or dad, for whatever reason, can't do it for you, actually, we're going to teach you the skills so that you can do that as well. Mm, awesome. I think what's really interesting when we, we were talking about this, um, I think it was during the week last week or sometime, the funny thing is when we're talking about multiplication in the area of community, we ultimately, like I so said, we don't really want more. It's not a sign of success when we have more needy people coming into our programs. It's actually when we start seeing that tide turn yes. and we're investing in families and setting them up and supporting them to be able to care for their children in a better way so that we actually reduce our numbers. Like, wouldn't that be an amazing outcome to, that multiplication would work in reverse in a way? <laughs> it's, it's always a funny conversation when, you know, kids... Uh, parents pick their kids up early from program or whatever and it's, fr- it's frustrating because we're running a program and we need kids there to run the program with and it's like why are these parents picking them up and we're constantly talking as a team and reminding ourselves actually that's the win yeah, Th- yeah. That with parents picking kids up early and going home and spending time as a fa- that's the win yeah. we want families to be connected we want whole families not just ones that say oh I'll just put them in the care and then I'll, I'll see them for dinner and then put them to bed but mm. 
I could pick them up early and go do something with them. Yeah. I could take them to the park. Or that sense of connection, yeah. that's a win for us. Right. That's awesome. And I think the other thing too is it's not, you know, as much as I, we want to see things change too, it's actually for me, it's believing that as we see these changes in our community happen, that actually God will then also birth other ideas of things that we can do so that, you know, this particular area of community has suddenly changed and transformed. So actually now we can turn our focus to this, mm. whatever this might be. And I even think about, you know, there used to be a community policing um, unit, d- unit mm. within this area. There isn't anymore because the, it wasn't needed anymore. And a lot of that was because of the work of the Youth Trust and because wow. of what we were actually doing in the community. Wow. And they've now moved on to another area of the city where they need to, to concentrate what they're doing. And that's just one way that we've already yeah. influenced the community. Yeah. Um, look, the reality is, though, we don't... As much as we absolutely want to help the poor and we want to support families who are struggling and we want to see an impact in those social areas, absolutely... But we, we absolutely have a motivation that these kids and families meet Jesus. Ultimately, that's what we know will bring them wholeness and healing and the ability to change their lives. Um, can you speak, Jeremiah, perhaps into just what we've seen even in the past couple of years in terms of a change? Because there was a time where we weren't seeing like families or, or kids actually, you know, that bridge across into the church. We weren't seeing that happen. What's been happening in the last couple of years with that? In the last couple of years, we've had a, a great sense of um, kids, after many years, feeling like this is home. And because of the fantastic work of our youth workers for many years, um, through the after-school program leaders and the people that were already there forming relationships with our kids, with our families, they now feel like this place is a place where they are at home. And now Sunday morning, when you come in here, you'll see a whole lot of our after-school program faces and you might not even recognize that that's who they are but you might because they'll be tearing around the place um they'll be up the stairs down the stairs bowling the leaders over with the force of the hugs from the front door trajectory straight through um but that's just awesome this is their home this is where they feel safe and connected this is where they can belong um and if they if they make a bit of a mess if they cause a bit of trouble sometimes i'm okay with that because ultimately it's, it's their lives that is going to make the difference. Yeah. And if they can meet the person of Jesus, if they can come into this place and know what it is to be loved by him, not just by us as people and as a church, but to be loved by the creator of the universe who yeah. cares about them and so much more than I could ever understand, yeah. oh, what a win. I think how messy we get as a church is probably a really good indicator of how much hmm. influence we've got on the community. Because yeah. the reality is that actually we want people to come and find healing and wholeness yeah, here. Yeah, absolutely. And the reality, yeah, messy people need to find healing and wholeness. Oh, we're all messy. I'm, I'm, some well, are messier than others. Just different degrees of mess, yeah. let's be honest. And d- different days are messier yeah. than others. Yeah. yeah, it depends on whether you've had coffee or not. But that's another story. Um, I think another area of multiplication in community is like, yes, we are reaching young people, but it's the generational impact. And to me, that's where it's so exciting when we talk about multiplication is we can be feeding a child breakfast yeah. in a school, right? And that seems like a small thing to be able to give. Uh, but when that child starts coming along to church and they keep saying, Mum and Dad, I want to go to church on a Sunday because they love this place and feel connected, mm. then you get the parents coming along and, and ultimately generations ongoing are going to be blessed out of feeding a child breakfast or looking after them after school. So I, I love that, that aspect of multiplication. Yeah. Yeah. Joe, can you just tell us, has, has it always been smooth sailing for the Youth Trust financially? <laughs> No, no, it hasn't. Um, in fact, I've come on at the end of probably, which is quite a traumatic and 
um, difficult time for the trust in that we've had to really have a look at what we do and what's adding value and what's um, getting the benefit and what, what things are costing and all those sorts of things. And I'm really fortunate that I've come in at the end of a period of time where we've had you know, someone come in and mentor us and um, we've built a strategy of, of rebuild and another R word, and I can't think of what it is, <laughs> for the next 18 months with the idea that beyond that we can look to, to grow and whatever growth means. And a lot of that has been really difficult for the people that have, have been involved. We've had to cut programs and there have been times when actually there just hasn't been the money there for, for what we need. But as we continue to sow into it and as we continue to believe God for things, then, then I think that actually there's still that opportunity to do more. Yeah. Um, and it might even be do more with, with less because yeah. as a lot of what we've done in the past has relied on grants. And when you're at the mercy of grant makers, anything could change in an instant. And so... What I'm believing for is new ways of thinking and new ways of doing stuff that mm. actually we're not just reliant on somebody's whim at any point. But we can actually, um, you know, God breathes ideas into us and gives us that, that strategy for, for making money and for finding money in different ways and different revenue streams yeah. so that yeah. it actually was sustainable on the longer term as well. It's really... Sorry. You know, no, no, it's, uh, we're, we're over time, but I, one more thing I really need to say because you guys have talked too much, so, you know, get a word in. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, but one amazing example of when we're talking about multiplication and what God has done, because we went, we did go through that traumatic season where we had to actually look at completely restructuring the youth trust. We ran out of money, and there was no money coming in for the next several months. And we went, How, what are we going to do? We, this, is, this was two and a half years ago. We do not want to lose the territory that we feel we've been gaining in the community. Um, and this was around the time when uh, we had our momentum offering, so two years ago. And honestly, it was at that point we were looking at having to cut jobs completely, and it was, it was a horrible time. But we took up that offering. I don't know if you, some of you would, be here, would have been here and part of that, but we set a target of 270000 that year with the belief that we wanted to really try and save the youth trust. Do you know what came in? The day that, that we took up that offering and we counted what people had given and pledged on that day, 540000 was given. That is double. That is multiplication. And do you know what I loved out of Jono's message? And he talked about, you know, you give and, and it multiplies, but then there's some left over. Do you know what actually came in at the end of that year? So people pledged and gave 540, right? What actually came in was $583,000. How incredible is that? So we've already, what we're talking about and speaking, we've already witnessed it as a church. We have the faith to believe that that can happen again. The youth trust was saved, right? We were able to not lose any territory but start gaining again territory. And since then we have seen such an amazing kingdom influence as kids and families have come into the church. So I've talked way too long. We're way over time. So we're gonna I know you really wanted to say something, didn't you? But there's there'll be other weeks. So thank you guys. People should come talk to us though, because you know we're always willing to say more. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And there are many ways to serve and give to the youth trust as well. There's these brochures out in the foyer if you want to learn a little bit more about what we do. Thanks, team. That's awesome. You can stand with me now just as the worship team comes back, and we're going to go into a couple of songs. But I'd really just love to pray. And, and as Jono has spoken tonight and as we heard this morning as well, there's a real opportunity for us as people and as the church to really hear from God on what he's wanting us to do personally in this situation. We can open our minds to the revelation 
because they're, yeah, sometimes when God speaks, it seems unreasonable. And so we need to battle with our reasons sometimes. We need to have that word from God that we can hang on to and say, you know what, if the Lord's promised, we will be obedient. And as we've seen over the life of this church, as we've been obedient, as we've been faithful in giving, he has poured out, he has multiplied, and he has blessed. And we're believing for that to continue. So just in this moment, let's just bow our heads. Lord, we just ask tonight that we would receive fresh revelation from you. Lord, that we would not be bound by obligation. When it comes to giving, Lord, we would seek you and we would find you and we would hear a fresh word from you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. I thank you, Lord, for your generosity to us. Lord, we can only give because you first gave. You have supplied all our needs, Lord, and we want to honour you with that. So, Lord, just in this time of worship, would you speak to us afresh tonight? Lay aside all our doubts and fears, Lord. Let us receive a word from you in Jesus' name.